Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Tuesday. Today, we're going to talk with USCFootball.com beat writer and columnist Dan Weber about everything going on with this USC football team. Of course, USC had a sort of scrimmage. It was the first day in full pads in the Coliseum. Fans came out there, got to uh, watch a lot of what was going on, uh, a lot of hitting stuff. So we want to discuss all of that with Dan Weber. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com or leave us a voicemail two different ways. Either call 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page and you can leave a voicemail there. We also list our email address there on peristylepodcast.com. The voicemail number, if you want to get a hold of us and on iTunes and all of that, uh, you can go to itunes.com slash peristylepodcast. We're on Google Play. There's a link there for that. So all of that stuff where is on our website, peristylepodcast.com. Um, but let's bring in, uh, Dan Weber, who was out there yesterday at the Coliseum, checking the team out, checking all the hitting and all that stuff. Dan, what's going on? How are you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think we got a little more than we bargained for. I'm not sure that we were thinking we'd get, and it wasn't a scrimmage, but we got a lot of, you know, 11 on 11 that you could call scrimmaging, uh, uh, Many more because I think they're the plan is to to have a kind of a scrimmage tomorrow. I mean they haven't been real clear in terms of of how they're going to do this, but I think we got more than than maybe we bargained for yesterday at the Coliseum, uh, considering it was the first day in pad. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean there were some exciting moments, and we're going to break it down with you uh, in a second. Just wanted to uh, quickly thank our sponsor, uh, Mac Weldon. Um, so they've been great. It's funny that the feedback I've been getting people writing in and talking about, Hey, you're talking about you're wearing your underwear on the podcast and uh, it's great stuff. So if you go to check it out, uh, Mac Weldon, if you don't know, if you haven't heard this before, they're giving a uh, 20% off, um, uh, to anyone that's listening to the Peristyle podcast. So just use the promo code Peristyle on their website, MacWeldon.com. Uh, so it's basically better than whatever you're wearing right now. It's really cool stuff. I was doing laundry this morning. And I made sure I wanted to, I'm going on a trip this weekend. My wife and I are going to a wedding. So I always want to make sure I got to get my, my Mac Weldon underwear ready and a couple of t-shirts and stuff. But it's really easy. If you go to MacWeldon.com, uh, it's a real simple, slick looking website. So there's an underwear tab, uh, undershirts, which I like wearing those too. Um, regular t-shirts. I got a couple of those and polos. Uh, the socks are really cool. I like them pulling them up. They just kind of, they're, they don't fall down. They stay up there on your, and it, you know, even if they got some sweats. Um, and they got a silver line, which is, uh, uh, fights odor, which is pretty cool. Uh, what I think the, te- the technical term, uh, is it's naturally antimicrobial, My- microbial. I think I said that right, which means it eliminates odor. So, uh, I haven't got tried that one out yet. So I need to do that as well, but it's real simple. Check it out. MacWeldon.com. Uh, I love using this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to, like I said, I think I said it last week too. I'm putting an order in for some. Some other stuff I can try some other things too, but use the promo code Peristyle, uh, at MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your order. So check it out. And if you do it, email me. I've got a few emails from people that were trying it out. So, um, good stuff there. But, uh, Dan, 
speaking of good stuff, I, I kind of came away maybe a little encouraged to seeing all the hitting for the first day of, of full pads in the Coliseum. But when we did instant analysis last night, uh, it's felt like there was something left to be desired. Like you didn't, you weren't really all that impressed. It seemed like with what was going on in the field, maybe kind of explain that or explain your position there. Well, I think they started off one way where you know, that angle tackling drill, just, you know, that was awful. I mean, the offensive guys kind of left the, uh, the tacklers, you know, just grasping at air, breaking fingernails, uh, you know, just getting stepped on and all that. I think the more I thought about it, I think that was by design. I think they wanted to really impress on them that how how much they want them to work on this, uh, you know, rugby tackling uh, and uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, style of tackling, getting the head out of the way. I think it's safer. I think it's more secure it's more efficient but i think the other thing um uh that surprised me a little bit is then they didn't do much of it you know they uh they spent a whole lot more time on uh special teams than they did on tackling but then the good news was they played through it and by the time they were going 11 on 11 they're tackling people I mean, they really, uh, you know, as a group, when, you know, they get moving, Clancy, you know, gets them into where he wants them and how he wants them going, they're tackling people. So it was an interesting kind of a day. I think the, of all the things that, that left me a little feeling, uh, not so good was the, uh, with the amount of penalties. It just, it looked like they just weren't ready, uh, to perform yesterday. And I'm only saying that because it looked like last year, it didn't look like what we've seen in the spring, in the summer, and in the first part of, uh, you know, fall camp. So, so there were, you know, a couple of those things, but you're right. Uh, the way this defense is going after people, you really have to like that. And the fact that the offense fought through it and kept running the ball, and the more they did, uh, I thought the better they performed. I think this is a team, because of the conditioning, they're gonna probably get better as as the game goes on. Uh they really do seem like they can run all day. And uh I like that a lot. Uh I don't think they better start off against Alabama the way they started off practice yesterday. That's just they just weren't there. And uh and that's that's really important, I think. They gotta be there. And and I, I guess I wasn't crazy about the play calling and again, we don't know the grand scheme of things. Uh, but to this point, I sure haven't seen the tight ends the way we saw them all summer. I mean, they were really, you know, a big part of what they were doing offensively, you know, with two and sometimes, you know, three of them in there. And, uh, haven't seen much of that. So don't know, maybe didn't they, you know, with the, uh, TV cameras on and all of that is just one of those, uh, we don't need to go there. I don't know. But so it was kind of a, a mixed thing, but, I think the competitiveness, the physicality, the hitting, I like that a lot. That was, yeah, the, the stuff inside the 10-yard line, uh, probably the best stuff of the day. We got to see some really good open field tackles. Uh, you know, uh, Quentin Powell and Jack Jones and Adoree Jackson, some good stuff there. There, there was one good down the seam tight end play, uh, to Daniel Mitor Baby, but I agree. There wasn't as much as even we saw in the spring. Um, I don't know if it was just the nature of the way the practice went, but, um, it just didn't seem to be the same 
Yeah, they weren't used well, the same this way. This is what, if you have a bad taste in your mouth, I do. If you throw twice as many bubble screens as you do to the tight, as you target the tight end, that's a problem. Yeah. And that wasn't going to be the, I, we haven't seen them throw two bubble screens all summer. And, and yesterday was one of those, you saw one of those things come, you know, crawling across the field that barely gets to the receiver before the, you know, defender gets there. And, you know, it's one of those ones, sure, they've got a blocker there, but, uh, you know, you really better get your block if you're going to throw that ball right there. And uh, it just seemed those were strange, uh, I thought, just a little bit not in keeping with – because, you know, they look to have a really good, you know, flow as a passing game. And uh, I, I don't think I saw that almost at all. I mean, for example, once on the 10-yard line, they kind of do a roll sprint right – and there's five defenders in the end zone and no receiver. Or, you know, Max is here to, you know, throw it in the stands. It's like, how does that happen? You know, that's really pretty important situation to, you know, get whatever it is you're doing, uh, squared away. And so, so, so that, that, there were some of those kinds of disappointments, I think. You mentioned, uh, special teams too. And we had Harvey Hyde on Monday. He talked about that as well. There was just a whole lot of, there's just a lot of time spent on special teams. Um, do you feel like? Yeah, and, 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 and with every other part of the practice, I think it really moves quickly. Uh, and that's one of the things you just love watching, for example, the pass block, pass rush, and the way uh, Coach Callaway runs that and the way they, you know, go from one rep to the next to the next to the guy jumps up, you know, after the previous play and runs back to his, and, and you see a lot of, you know, uh, really, uh, well timed and, 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 uh, great tempo. And then they get into the special team sometimes. And, and that's when, uh, you know, the former football coach in me gets nervous because you got a lot of guys standing around and, uh, just, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of time and maybe that will change as, as they get it going. It seemed like, you know, they're having to place guys in positions and all that. And you know, already they've had a, had a, a practice walkthrough in the morning of what practice is going to be. And, you know, they certainly, they meet. And so, um, so I, I'd like to see them get the, the special team stuff squared away. Let's uh let's jump into some questions, Dan, because they're talking about fall camp too. We have uh as a team practice. Ha- okay, we have a question. Has the team practiced a two minute drill at all during the off season? Please let us know if you see them install this and the Hail Mary play for offense and defense in camp, since this has been a nightmare for them to execute during the game. Thanks from Banff ninety five. Good idea. That's uh I haven't seen that, but you make a really good point. I mean the idea is uh um, you know, you'd love to not have to do that, either one of those, but, uh, uh, and they've got, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, 20 some practices to go. Uh, but, uh, but good point. And, and it was just last year, their passing game was such that, you know, if they, they didn't seem to have enough routes that teams couldn't just pretty much, you know, shunt, you know, shunt everybody to outside the hash mark. And they had nobody going over the middle. And, uh, and they, 
they again they didn't trust the line, the offensive line to, you know, give give them enough time to throw the ball deep. And it was just a it was a, a nightmare watching them try to you know throw anything deep late in the game uh, when they're trailing. It was just you know almost embarrassing. Uh, but I haven't seen it yet this year. I I can't imagine that we won't. But good point. Keep asking that question. We'll, we'll keep trying to see if they uh, you know get around to it. We had Tarek write in and said, is a number two option outside of Juju Smith-Schuster emerging? See, that's – there are a lot of other options. I mean, as somebody said, uh, and I don't disagree, uh, both junior college kids that are seniors, Daquan Hampton and Isaac Whitney, uh, look good out there. Uh, you know, Stephen Mitchell has had his moments, Deontay Burnett, uh, you know, the freshman – you see a Tyler Vaughns or a Josh or Water Baby. It's just not that there's it's like some one guy. Uh, I think Darius Rogers probably still is that guy, uh, uh, and made, you know, made some plays and, and really wants to be that guy and has picked up his speed and, uh, hasn't lost any, any of his size and strength. So, uh, but, uh, to this point, I think one of the hard things is they've got they've got so many wide receivers and you want to give everybody a chance and it's not that easy to, you know, give everybody enough, uh, you know, opportunity to catch the ball. So at this point, uh, you would not say that, you know, one guy has jumped out. I mean, ideally you have a group of four, five, six, something like that. And that's your, your nucleus. And you can kind of maybe see, something of a pecking order in that group. But when you've got 12 to 15, there's not much you can do in terms of, you know, if you're trying to be fair with the, you know, the newcomers and things like that, it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, so that hasn't happened yet. I don't think other than Darius kind of maintaining, you know, his position is, is that next guy. Uh, Stephen Poway wrote in and said, which three newcomers, newcomers, true freshmen or transfers uh, to the 2016 USC football team, do you believe will have the most impact and any walk-ons you believe could make an impact this year? Well, let's see, walk-ons. Uh, Jackson Boyer, the uh, wide receiver transfer from North Carolina, is going to be the uh, backup holder. And if Wyatt Schmidt, the holder, if he gets, something happens to him or if he happens to go and he's the backup snapper, uh, Jackson Boyer will be in there holding. Uh, so that's what it looks like anyway right now uh, in terms of walk-ons. Um, some of them. I mean, Ruben Peters, uh, you know, they got that whole foot, uh, full, uh, uh, linebacker group, uh, you know, Grant Moore and Joel Foy and, and those guys are pretty good football players. And, uh, you know, they can, they can help you. Dion Hart is a, a, a defensive back who can fly. He's a real serious about it. Uh, I think he, he might have been a, a transfer from Cal Poly. Uh, but, but those guys, I think, you know, they can help, uh, here, there, and, uh, and, and a, and a, and a Matt Lopes, for example, is technically a walk-on, but he's, you know, his dad's, uh, you know, number two in the athletic department. So he's on, on, uh, scholarship, but, um, but considered a walk on and he certainly, uh, will see the field. So, 
So that's uh, that's kind of the the walk-on group. As far as the newcomers, I think you got to look at EJ Price. They they really like him as the as a as a, a tackle and a left tackle with that second group. Uh, I think Jordan Sefa, uh, linebacker. I think he's got a chance. Uh, obviously, Jack Jones. They're going to do something with Jack Jones, whether it's kickoff returns or or whatever, and um, you know some spot work as a, as a corner. And Connor Murphy, I'm not sure. I mean, I think there, you know, there may be times where that being six foot seven uh, is a real plus. I, I think it's difficult to be that tall and to be that new and to still get your, you know, get yourself all the way squared away, you know, this first semester in college. Uh, but uh, but I think he, they're going to try to figure out some things that they can do with him because of his his size, 6'7", 260. Uh, they, they think they're going to be able to figure out something for him. In terms of if they go with the fifth running back, I think Pavai Malapai uh, really has a chance. Uh, he showed us some burst, and you know, he got some, you know, a little more size than I, you know, I think we thought he had. So, so I, I'd give, you know, five or so of, of those guys that that might have a chance. Uh, heck, Leon Liam Jimmins uh, made a big play in the, you know, inside the ten uh, yesterday. So. Uh, we'll keep an eye on him. All right. Thanks for that one, Steve. Uh, let's go to Earl in West LA, Dan. He said, Clay Hilton said in his press conference that Olawale Bedeku, uh, has improved quote unquote light years since spring practice. How would you describe his first five practices of fall camp compared to where he was at the end of spring? Well, he's improved. And that's an interesting comment, uh, because Essentially, he hasn't been able to do much, uh, you know, with that stress fracture. And he was in a boot for a while and he was limping for a while, you know, non-football shoes. And I mean, really, we haven't seen him, uh, you know, get to, you know, do all that much, but he's been around football. And you got to think that, that that matters for a kid that's only had, you know, two years of organized football. Uh, but, uh, you know, Clancy likes the fact that he can run, you know, and, and Clancy likes guys that can run. Now, if they can, you know, teach him, uh, you know, I hadn't mentioned him because I don't know. I just don't know where, where he fits in, uh, other than athletically. He's an unbelievable athletic specimen. Uh, but, uh, you know, is, is, is he somebody that you can spot in there every once in a while and just send him for the quarterback and, uh, hope that, that, you know, that offensive lineman just can't quite get out of his stance quick enough? Uh, I think it might be, you know, worth a try. And if they do it, that'll be fun to, that'll be fun to watch. But, uh, he does look like he knows the game a little better since the spring. And I'm not sure how maybe, you know, just all the meetings and all the being around it, uh, you know, has, has, has done that for him. But, uh, yeah, I, I would agree that he looks more like a football player now. He definitely does. I put a picture of him up. Uh, we put up a photo gallery today and yeah, he looks, <laughs> he certainly looks the part. Um, Rodney, uh, Sergeant Rodney wrote it. He said, what's going on, boys? Thanks for the up to date info on the Trojans for all of us USC fans not able to be at fall camp. My question is this with the roster having more bulk, 
Will the coaches let the starters now focus more on their actual position and have the backups worry more about the extras like special teams? I know in the past few seasons we've had guys play everywhere. And to me, I think it contributed to players being gassed out by the fourth quarter. And it ultimately led to losses when we need to just hold on for a few more minutes. Sorry if my question is confusing. Appreciate the news from you guys. Sergeant uh, Rodney Strong from Fort Lewis, Washington. P.S. I would love to join you guys at the USC game when they come up to play UW. Yeah, we'd love that, Sergeant. Uh, and thank you so much for your service and uh, thanks for all the good questions. Um, boom. I think if I had to, you know, figure out Coach Baxter, I think there might be more starters on the, uh, uh, on the special teams. I mean, if you're going to grab Cam Smith, and he's in a punt cover, uh, coming off knee surgery. Uh, I'm not sure that there, you know, there are going to be some mixing and matching and all of that, but I don't think it's going to be a case of, okay, you second, you know, team guys, we got your, you know, choice of you guys for the punt cover team or the kickoff team or whatever. I, I think that, I think that will just go by who do you think, what's the best combination? You know, what's our, what's our scheme going to be? What's the plan here? Who can you know execute it the best? And uh, and I would I would guess that what they're going to fall back on is and what I felt what I would fall back on is this team is going to be in better shape and they're going to be able to run uh, more uh, in deep into the games and things like that. And, and I think they're going to have more people playing during the game, uh, so it may not be as much of a problem as it was when you were shorthanded. And you had, you know, guys that you really didn't have backup for, and they were also playing on special teams. I don't think we're going to see. I think if they're out there, it'll be because you know they're, you know, they're pretty confident that this is the best guy for the special teams, and um, uh, and uh, they're not thinking that they're going to tire out. I, I will say this: this team really looks well conditioned, and we see it at every day at practice when you know they go out. You know, after the three horns and the meeting and go back out for 10 or 15 more minutes, specialized position work. And, and, you know, in years past, they'd have been dragging if they did that. I mean, especially after a more than two and a half hour practice, that just wouldn't have happened. And we're not seeing them dragging at all. They're upbeat and you hear them, you know, they're, they're excited and having fun. So, uh, I think it's a kind of a different, attitude about a couple of those things that you asked ask about sergeant yeah you know it's funny we talked to uh, coach harvey hyde on monday and he kind of felt that they were using more backups on special teams and uh you know i i did see that out there but i think some of it dan might just be because there's more depth there's just more you know opportunities like you know I, there'll probably be some spot starters but maybe i don't know i mean it'll be interesting to see how that goes but there's more guys available to use uh if you want to use backups on special teams um will john baxter do it i guess that's we have to wait and see uh, i mean i think we saw more like two complete teams through all the different special teams and it wasn't a case of the you know second group looked like the scout team uh you know it looked like well which of those two groups you know is going to be more effective you know doing this so uh so yeah there is a the, the depth thing changes your perspective about a lot of things but uh but i don't think they're going to be you know thinking about rest although they will rest guys 
I mean, they are going to have, you know, as we kept calling it, pitch counts. I mean, they're going to know, you know, with the catapult system and all that, they're going to know how many plays you've had and all that kind of thing. So I think that'll that'll factor in. It might factor in for guys like Adori, for example. But uh, um, you know, they're they're keep, certainly keeping track of that. How that'll how that'll play out in games? That's a good question. I'm I'm not absolutely certain. We have a question from Rudy. Uh, are there any big-time starters that are still injured? I know Tolo and Don and Kim uh, Smith are back and looking great out there. Uh, well, just you know, Justin Davis was, you know, kind of they're describing it, bumps and bruises, knee and hip. Uh, Juju obviously got a little bit of this and a little bit of toe and a and a pinky uh, dislocated. At, you know, nothing major. Uh, and then Chad Wheeler. That'll be interesting to see. Chad Wheeler has uh, plantar fasciitis, and sometimes that doesn't go away right away. I, I don't, you know, and it might be one of these cases where just the hint of it is enough to say, you know, we're going to shut you down for two, three days, and you'll be fine when you come back. But, uh, but, but, you know, that one I might watch a little bit. That's kind of aggravating if you've got it, and it, it certainly doesn't help your athleticism if you're going to play left tackle. So I think they want to knock that one out pretty uh, pretty quickly. But, but you know, knock on wood, this is, it looks like Khalil Rogers was back from his concussion protocol. John Plattenberg is going into the concussion protocol after a big hit yesterday. But uh, And, and bye-bye, Malapai. Uh, that was a stinger, I guess it was. Something, shoulders, something. Uh, Pai Young was there yesterday to freshman from Florida with uh, his arm in a sling. He and Jamel Cook, uh, his buddy from Florida who uh, fractured his foot in an automobile accident, uh, had started out in regular football shoes and pads and what have you uh, a couple of days ago. Then after, uh, you know, not being able to get through one practice and, and two practices later, he's out there in non-football cleats. And then yesterday he was just there in more like street clothes. So, He's kind of going the other way, but uh, again, these are not not people with the uh, the depth that uh, you know both wide receiver and defensive back. These are not people that you're counting on to be there as good as they are, and they, there's some really talented kids, but uh, they're not you know feeling like uh, these are the kind of regulars that you were asking about because there just really aren't any of those guys that that are that are out. Yeah, for the most part, I think relatively. Uh relatively healthy so uh we'll see going forward got a couple more for you dan we'll let you go uh marcel uh he says i know a lot has been made about usc removing music from practice i was just watching seattle's training camp and they have music blaring and the players seem very tuned into the what the coaches are saying do you think that playing music in practice better helps prepare the players for loud crowd situations such as going into jerry's world uh additionally what do Tyson Helton and T. Martin have in common as far as philosophy? And will Tyson play a significant role in play calling? Love the show. Fight on. Marcel and Diamond Bar. Uh, Marcel, I think I noticed yesterday they had the music on for the first time. Uh, and it was really distracting, to be honest with you. Uh, but I do think they'll get them ready for that, uh, you know, game week and, and, it's a different kind of a distraction. I just don't think, you know, in, in the normal course of practice, that was a gimmick, I thought, to, to 
you know, what's the playlist today and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just think that didn't have much to do with football. And I think you, you want to do a lot of teaching and you can't talk to the, you know, players because they can't hear you, uh, you know, or if they need that to get them all, you know, fired up and what have you. That's, uh, I just don't see that as the way to go. Uh, but I think you'll, they'll have some music blaring, uh, you know, the last week of, of game prep. I think, you know, they better. Uh, I don't know what the acoustics of that building are. I haven't been there yet, but I'm guessing it's, uh, it can be a pretty loud place for a college football game, especially. Uh, as far as the philosophies of, uh, of Chi and, uh, and Tyson, I think that I was talking to Tyson about this the other day and he's really thrilled as, as to how they're on the, the same wavelength in terms of Chi being able to translate, uh, the new things that they're bringing in, the new ideas that, uh, you know, they're bringing in from Western Kentucky with Coach Callaway and Coach Helton, uh, on offense and that for Chi to be able to translate it to the players, in verbiage that they really get, he's tried to make it more simple and she understanding that, you know, where USC was and what they've been doing and then understanding what, you know, the concepts from Western. Uh, I think when you talk to either one of them, they're really pleased at how much they're on the same wavelength and how much they really get, you know, what each, uh, each one of them, you know, is bringing here and, it looks to me like they're really, really working together, you know, closely and that there's none of that, uh, that, you know, I want to run my stuff. I don't care what you're doing and all of that. I think they're, they're really, they spent a lot of time, uh, with one another. And so I don't even look at it anymore as that, you know, T's here and, and Tyson's here, but it, it looks like they're just, you know, two guys coaching as one. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, T's going to call the plays during the game, but I think they're really going to be, uh, very much where they, those plays that are called will be a product of, of both of those guys. And, uh, and Tyson, I think is, you know, very capable, uh, you know, himself. Uh, but, but I think they really have figured out how they're going to work together and how they, uh, how they're going to make this thing work with these kids. I'm not sure I'm seeing it all yet, but again, you know, one day in full pad, so maybe, you know, and we don't know, you know, the plan of, in terms of how they're going to develop all this, how they're going to unveil it, how they're going to bring it, you know, together. And so, uh, so we don't know that, but, uh, I don't think we've seen it yet, but, uh, but I think I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in what they're doing. We got one last one. Eric at Duck Country says, have you or Dan noticed an offensive line grouping that communicates better or seems to be better as a whole as opposed to a group of the best individuals? And what criteria do you think the coaching staff will take into consideration when choosing the starting offensive line? I love the post-practice live shows on Facebook. Thanks, Eric and Duck Country. Yeah, Eric. I mean, they... In, a, in effect, they're, they're competing as individuals, but they're also competing to be part of a, a group. And, you know, the way the group functions as a group is going to matter. You know, if, if, if it functions better with one guy in there than it does with the other guy, 
uh, I think that, you know, is a real part of, uh, you know, how they're going to go here. But, you know, I, I mean, I think that's where the competition is, is, is the group better with you in there or not? And, you know, you might have four guys, you know, going for two spots at the guard or whatever. But, you know, how well do they, uh, you know, get the job done, you know, with you in there? So uh, I'm not sure you can separate, you know, the individual, you know, from, you know, the success of the group when, you know, it's all about being successful as a group and and playing as one. I mean, they certainly talk about the offensive line, five guys playing one as one, but then Coach Callahan says, or Callaway says, those five guys are going to be the best five guys, and then they're going to play as one. So it's kind of the, you know, chicken and the egg, uh, which comes first. You get the five guys and turn them into the best, you know, group, or do you have the best group and each one of them plays better as a, as a part of that group? I, I, kind of a philosophical question as we get, as we get to it, but, uh, uh, I think they really do look at it as how does the group play when this combination is in there? I think that really is because that's what matters most. All right. Well, good stuff. We wanted to. No NCAA questions. Hey. We didn't have an NCAA question, <laughs> which I like. All right. Give them a, we'll give them a break this week. I think it's because of the full pads thing going on. So people wanted to yeah, see the hit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It is about football. Yeah. It's a little more about football now, but good stuff, Dan. Thanks for, uh, coming on and thanks for everyone for sending in those questions and stuff. But, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you out there again. We have a break today. We had a day off today, Dan. So we'll be back out there. Too. We'll take it, won't we? Yeah. yeah. We'll be back it's out there. A, it's too. a different schedule with the, the five o'clock practices. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's taking some getting used to. I mean, the seven o'clock in the morning or take some getting used to and the, the five o'clock at night, you know, they're going to move them up. But, uh, that was a little, little different to start, uh, you know, practice made a lot of sense, but, uh, that takes some adjustment. Yeah, it certainly did. And I'm, I'm kind of, well, I'm not really enjoying my day off since I've been working all day, but you know, Hey, that's what, yeah. we, that's what we do. Um, that's a time of year. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. And, uh, I want to thank okay. everyone. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And thanks. Thanks so much, Ryan. Sure. Thanks th- for the questions, you guys. Yeah. And uh, thanks for the questions. Thanks for tuning in. I wanted to thank, again, Mac Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com. Code Peristyle. you get got 20% off your order. Check it out and email me, podcast at uscfootball.com. Let me know how you like it. All right. So thanks for tuning in. We hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Most people know that buying or selling real estate is no small undertaking. Understanding the market value of your home, pricing, advertising, closing, and perhaps even selling personal property along the way are all examples of the real estate journey. And Michael Moline Real Estate has the experience to help make that journey an enjoyable one. Southern California real estate inventories are at historic lows, so there is no better time than now to sell your residential property. Whether you're moving into a bigger home or downsizing, personal property is often a component of the real estate 
estate transaction. Michael Moline Real Estate has industry expertise to help you with both your real property and your personal property as you get ready to transition. Michael Moline Real Estate specializes in properties located on the west side of Los Angeles and the southern San Fernando Valley communities. Allow Michael Moline Real Estate to give you a free comparative market analysis and home valuation so you know how much your home is worth today. Contact Michael Moline at michaelmolinerealestate.com. That's Michael, M-O-L-I-N-E, realestate.com. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 